0: That's B-O-D-I dot com.
1: Hi, I'm Abby. And I'm Vanessa. And you're listening to The Real Moms of Bravo, a weekly Bravo podcast where we recap your favorite Bravo shows in 30-ish minutes or less every week. And we have a very exciting bonus episode for you. We hinted at it in this week's episode. The amazing Kate Casey from Reality Life with Kate Casey came on our podcast to talk about, I mean, really all things life and reality, which... She has the perfect name for her podcast as she is she's just a an awesome human being and not to mention a mother of five
2: yes and she's a huge huge bravo fan just like us so we are so excited to have her on discuss things bravo learn about her we love talking to mom so we hope you enjoy this episode as much as we enjoy talking to her
1: We are here with the amazing Kate Casey. We are so excited to have you on our show and can't wait to talk all things reality with you. Thanks so much, Kate, for coming on.
3: I'm so excited to talk to two smart women about reality television, unscripted TV, life in general. You're so sweet. Thank you
1: so much. So To get this started, we wanted to take a little page from your book and do a lightning round with you on some current events as it relates to the Bravo world so Vanessa has a few things that she's going to ask you about just to get your take on key Bravo events right now
2: you got it okay all right this is where rustic program so this is where the music would come in right now but we don't have that so <laughs> I'm just gonna go thoughts on Salt Lake very
3: excited I was hopeful that they would have some Instagram influencers from the Salt Lake City area but Um, my research is proving that to be not so true. I think it's just people that are within park city adjacent society. And some of them seem to be, uh, women that have left the Mormon church and that have businesses. I think it's not going to be a nice fresh look at a different part of the world. Nice that it's like considered quasi Midwest And I think that generally the Real Housewives franchises are a little bit passe. So if there's any chance for them to put some oxygen back into it, this would be their last Hail Mary.
2: Oh, I like that. What are your thoughts on the recent controversy with Vanderpump Rules from Ariana's hair growing to the last episode to the racial tweets that were uncovered from Max and Brett?
3: Well, pickups are pretty normal. I mean, they do that, but it just seems like it was a little bit late. I think they're just getting a little sloppy. It's so far into the show. Maybe they know that it's kind of hit its last stride. I feel like the people that would tell me they liked Vanderpump Rules, they liked living vicariously through this young group of people who made very poor life decisions. (laughs) And it doesn't really uh, apply anymore if they all live in $2 million homes and they make hundreds of thousands of dollars through Instagram it just takes away from the original point of the show. So having two problematic uh, new cast members, it probably would be even bigger of a deal if had the show been like a super hit, like it had been. But I kind of feel like it's a little lackluster. Um, in terms of Ariana's hair, I'm like, I-, I wasn't that surprised. I didn't get too wound up about it. I watched the first episode. I didn't think it was that interesting.
2: On the same page. We Last season, we're like, okay, as viewers, we know they're having this Instagram influencer side hustle life with their good American gene endorsements to whatever flat tummy thing maybe some of them are doing. that. It's just not really convincing. So I'm ready for them to graduate and either certain folks get a spinoff or we're just kind of done and focus on the newbies because it's, it's, it's too much right now.
3: I don't know. I just think that that's the problem that's really around, uh, that a lot of reality shows have. I mean, The Bachelor suffers from the same problem. You're casting people sure. who are very familiar with the engine and they're there for to use it as a platform. God, I just talked to somebody offline who said, oh, I, I know that the only way I can become famous and get a shot at having anything in entertainment is if I go on a reality show. I mean, it's just like the last 10 years that's been the trajectory. And so it's interesting because you have that and you have people that are just so sick of people that are clearly Instagram influencers with a real shift in television. I think you're going to see a real shift in TV. And I'm actually... Selling, trying to sell a show next month that I created and executive produced. And I think it's going to be part and hopefully lead a charge of a shift in TV, which is much more about people who are hardworking and do not take the escalator to success. They are people who are working hard to build something substantial and not build an image. Ooh,
1: that's not, I mean, I hope it picks up. That sounds like what reality tv needs right now so
3: i think people also who you try to cast for shows they don't want to be part of a a reality show they're you're much more apt to convince people to be part of a project if you let them know this is more of like a docu-series or a documentary because it's like a deal with the devil, people. I mean, I think you get a certain segment of people that are willing to sign up for what is considered a modern reality show.
2: A thousand percent. And with that being said, do you think there's a future in Dallas Housewives?
3: No, I think you're probably going to see it go away within... I mean, if it comes back, I'd be shocked. If it does come back, I would say one more season. I might. It might even go as digital. I just don't think it's... I don't think their ratings were high enough. I think it's, I think it was so much of a PR disaster in terms of Leanne and the comments that if they're just kind of like, this isn't worth it.
1: We keep hearing rumors that it's going to move to a streaming only option, that NBC Universal is going to start taking. Shows such as Dallas and Mexican Dynasties is another one that's been rumored and moved to, like you said, digital only because the ratings are just so low, but there is a small market. There's when I say small, small
3: there's, yeah, there's, there's a small market. market also, imagine if you're the publicist for that show. I mean, what a nightmare. Oh,
2: <laughs> awful, 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 awful. Do you have a speaking of actually speaking of publicists who are probably, um, drowning their sorrows maybe in wine or not. What is your thoughts with the Megan King Edmonds, Jim Edmonds drama that's been happening post her OC life with the recent revelation of the threesome?
3: Well, I kind of like wear two hats, I feel. Like, I'm looking at someone through the, like, two different lenses. I'm, one, looking at it through my own lens, like, as a TV viewer, but I'm also looking at it through the lens of a director, producer, casting agent. Um, Only because I just feel like having interviewed so many people behind the scenes of shows, I kind of know what they're looking for and what they need to sustain like a successful show. So I say that personally, as as somebody who has worked as in like crisis media litigation, she does a total disservice to herself and to her children by discussing such really bizarre details of her personal life. And certainly if you're in the middle of a custody dispute, However, if you're somebody who works in the production team or the casting team for Real Housewives of Orange County, you're probably like, this is what we had hoped she would have brought to the show and obviously did not, and maybe we should give it a second round. She has relationships with people that are in the cast already. It's sort of bizarre for her to all of a sudden pack up her stuff from St. Louis. I think she has a house that she stays in in Redondo, but like, oh, I'll just rent a house on Balboa Island. I think that the logistics are a little bizarre, but I could see them pulling her over just because they would get a hit in press because she continues to say things that are so incredibly personal and salacious that I could see how it would work.
1: Definitely. I mean, I think she's saying things for shock value too. The recent uh, podcast episode that she did about thinking that circumcision is genital mutilation she was just looking for a strong response from people but it she got picked up on so many media outlets with it was asked to go on so many shows to talk about it so like you said she she probably knows what she's doing I I think she's doing it all to get back on reality tv but like you said through the lens of even just the mother thinking about it like I don't know if these are things i want my kids to hear 10 15 years from now
0: but
3: don't you get the impression that even if her mother had said to her and her mother seems like a totally you know a bright kind normal community person i think that her mother would even if she said you need to stop i think megan is the kind of person's like i'm going to do what i want to do and i'm going to take jim down because i saw chatter within the group my group or someone's group that there was a girl that had said, I was just in a boutique in Orange County, and there was a woman with a credit card that belonged to Jim Edmonds, and she said that he was her boyfriend, and they're going on a trip to Cabo. And sure enough, within 24 hours, Megan has a meltdown and says, the woman that we had a threesome with is going to Cabo. So obviously... She's sort of like checking out all these pages, too. And she's vindictive and angry and a spiteful ex, which I understand.
2: Um, but, I mean, Jesus. No, I, I agree with you a thousand percent. I thought her moves in, initially with the breakup with her blog posts using kind of just words and writing it was a nice way to share her side and some intimate details. But now I feel like you just need to like stop talking. (laughs) If I I were her publicist, I would say you
3: always, your job, I, I always feel like I'm saying this to housewives too. If you want people on your side, remind them of the things that they have in common with you. So you need to say things like as a mother or anyone who's been through a divorce knows how unbelievably difficult it can be at times to keep your to keep um, matters private or personal, you know, when you're in the throes of arguments, you know, something like that. You have to remind people we have this in common. I'm human. I might make a mistake, but it's there's a reason for it. But I I get the sense that she doesn't have a publicist, or I would be it. And I kind of I think I'm a little bit annoyed. Because I feel like I cultivated a relationship with her and asked her to come on my show. And she said yes. And then next thing I know, she's doing some podcast with Brooke Burke, who she had never <laughs> met before. And I was what? told their publicists put them together. They share a publicist and they're like, why don't you do a podcast? And then i like, I kind of get annoyed too. Like, well, you just shove two people together. Like, what do they have in common? I don't know. There's this whole like backstory to how I get annoyed, but Oh, I'll tell you another thing. I saw her at a restaurant. I did an interview with her. I thought it was great. And then I saw her months later at a restaurant in Orange County. She was with him. And I have to say, he was very mean to her. She introduced me. She said, oh, she's got a Sutton, too, because she has has a stepdaughter named Sutton. And I have a daughter named Sutton. And he didn't even look up from his menu. And the daughter was there, too, the one that was always on the TV show. Mm Mm-hmm. And I just felt like I had a window into her life for a moment. And I felt tremendous empathy. Like she would just is just trying to... And she was newly pregnant with the twins too. She's just trying to like have a nice night out. And I felt like he was quite dismissive. Um, So I do have empathy for her. But I think that maybe she is a little bit misguided in terms of communicating what's going on behind the scenes. She'll probably regret it. You know, my life advice for people all the time, this is a long winded answer is to think of things in five, five, five. How will you think of this five minutes, five days, five weeks from now? And I feel like her decision on this is going to be quite different in five weeks.
1: I'm, I'm a hundred percent sure she'll feel different in five weeks. I bet in five weeks she doesn't even have a podcast though. I just feel like this is something she did because she wants to stay relevant, but I've listened to it and you can tell these women don't know each other. And there's just something, I am not trying to be super critical of it. We're not, not like, you know, winning awards for this podcast by any means, but you have to at least have a connection or a, a general commonality with the people that you're having on the show. And it just feels, feels like those three women don't really have that.
3: Well, I think that people, and I know that you guys should totally agree with me, is that I, I'm, I'm all endlessly fascinated and unnerved, annoyed and perturbed by people that think that podcasting is this really simple thing, and it's not. <laughs> like You really have to put a lot of thought into it, and you have to research and, and, and do all of this tech-back work, and it's not an easy thing. And when people, particularly people with platforms, think that they can just start a show and they can change, you know, the, the, the platform they're, it's absurd. And also like, just because you were on a TV show and people follow you on Instagram doesn't mean they want to listen to you talk. You know, it's, it's like, it's a, I don't know. I, I, I find that I listen to Howard Stern pontificate about the annoyance of podcasters. And I totally understand it because he had this, it's like people who just think, um, you know, oh, it must be easy to have a radio show. He was probably like, um, yeah, dipshits. Like, it's pretty hard. <laughs> and I feel like I don't just sit here and start
1: talking. Yeah, <laughs> this, there's thoughts. This into is like
3: it. an example of like two women who are like, hmm. Well, what's the newest thing? Okay, podcast. I don't know you. You don't know me. And let's just talk about random things like sensuality and circumcision <laughs> and affairs. It's like what? It's a hit. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I mean, the amount of just like celebrities and I'm like this, I, I don't mean that for this to sound bad because there are some really good ones out there. Uh, I think there's a small group of that, but I feel like it's people who have, haven't been super relevant or were hit style bloggers on Instagram. Like I'm going to start a podcast. It's like this new thing. I don't know. It's like the next, uh, what's it MLM, you know, instead of selling essential oils and it works wraps, people are starting podcasts and I they think they're going to make all this money. And like you said, it's going to be super easy. And, there's a lot of thought that goes into it, a lot of hustle. It's not something that just is turnkey. I talk into a microphone and boom, there's the episode. So I agree. I get very frustrated with the amount of people that just create a podcast and think that it's going to be a success. And because they're somewhat famous, they do have a pretty good following from the start, but it's Mm -hmm. like the, the effort is lacking from it. Yeah. But, uh, you mentioned, you know, you are a publicist. You have a long history of PR consulting. You have a hit podcast yourself that you work very hard on. You're a hilarious stand-up comedian. I feel like there's probably things I'm missing there. You're a mom of five. How do you manage all these things in your life?
3: Um. Well, I think that when you're a mother of many children, you become an expert at multitasking. I was probably a good at multitasker before, but this is just... It's like multitasking on crack. I always feel like if you want to get shit done, give it to somebody with a lot of kids. I also think that I'm just really probably pretty good at time management. I I figure ways, any pocket of time, I'm putting it to use. I'm rarely sitting down and enjoying things that other people (laughs) do, I guess. I just, and you know, the truth is, I really like what I do. And so it doesn't seem like a burden. So it feels like, Um, I just... I'm having fun. I'm having fun. Like, I used to represent lawyers, and I always felt like I was the chief of staff for horrible people, and and, and now it's like... Well, I guess you could say I interview horrible people, but at least (laughs) it's like... (laughs) i want to watch and i want to review and i get it i do get a chance to talk to some really interesting people and i think that's a really important thing that we all kind of forget as we become parents is that we need to nurture ourselves um and have thoughtful conversations and, and challenge each other's opinions about things and i hope that i provide that for people but you know all those other things it's just like um i i I don't know i've always been somebody who just really likes to do a lot of stuff and the weird thing is i always feel like people i just said this to somebody yesterday i feel like my friends are like well i didn't want to bother you because i didn't think that you'd have time for coffee i'm like actually i'll go out for coffee like let's shoot the shit i always can make time for anything
2: i love that I feel like you need to have a book. I want to call it. I already envision it in my head. The fives, like you said, <laughs> waste is not regret something in five days, five minutes, five weeks, but also how to get done in five minutes, <laughs> less than five days, and less than. While five.
1: while raising five kids, five is your magic number.
3: Of course, you did hear me yell at Jack. So you know, I, I'm, I'm no means June Cleaver. I'm like <laughs> I'm very mean to my children. I'm like a disciplinarian. So. Yeah, you, got, you have to be super um, strict about some things, obviously, if you have a lot of kids. But, um, yeah, I, I just really like to do lots of stuff at, at one time.
1: No, I love I will that. will say, hearing you yell at Jack made me feel better because you said it in the tone that all moms say it in. But I think, like, oh, I don't yell, I don't do this. And so whenever I hear mom say, like, yell their kid's name in the mom tone, I'm like, oh, we're all the same. No, like no. At the end of the day, our kids do something annoying and the only way to get their attention,
3: you got to yell their name. Oh, I'm definitely mean. Like my kids would tell <laughs> you, they live in fear of me. And you know what? They should. I'm not your friend. Like, I'm mean.
1: Yeah. As my kids get older, maybe when they're like in their thirties, I hope they'll say that we are developing a friendship. But if my kids in high school and I'm saying
3: my mom is my best friend. No, never. No. I failed. Yep. Totally. My husband always says they don't like you now, but they'll like you when they talk at the, their wedding. I'm like, oh, well, all right. Well, fine. <laughs>
1: 30 years of not being liked and then then we'll be there. We got this. Yeah, so exactly. You, you live in Newport Beach. So, I mean, this is like Mecca for all the OC housewives, past and present. Majority of them still live in that area. How often do you run into a housewife?
3: Well, that's what people don't understand is that this is a huge county, so I never see people like Vicky Gumbelson because she actually lives probably forty-five minutes from me. She lives way inland, so no, I never see her. Tamra Judge, I've seen at the—I go to the same restaurant every Saturday on a date with my husband, and I've done for so long. I have seen her at that restaurant, same place I saw Megan Edmonds, um, but I've only seen her there a couple times. They live in a totally different part of the county, so I really never see them. No. I knew Kelly Dodd personally before she was on the show. So I do see her time to time. And I see see, she lives here in Newport. She lives about a mile from me. Um, I see Shannon Medore. um, Bronwyn is my friend. So I see her a lot and talk to her all the time. Um, Heather Dubrow I see because... She lives in Newport her husband's office is like a quarter of a mile from my house and our kids there's a little bit of overlap and activities and we have similar friends through our kids um and I have to say she's always very nice when I see her um, let me see who else is there Gretchen i never I've never see anywhere um, Gina and by the way I asked her to do my podcast I think it was like my first or second year and then her publicist asked me how much i was going to pay her (laughs) oh snap (laughs) gina no and i don't like her and i never want to speak to her because she was one of my first guests that i booked and i went to call her and she said i don't have time for this i have a leak in my house i have people coming over tomorrow i don't have time for this i can't do this right now and then she hung up on me
2: oh Oh my god wow. wow i would have not expected that
3: yeah horrible i was like um, thanks. You just, and I just felt like, well, that's probably what she's like professionally. Like, no wonder she is not a great, you know, she's not on the show anymore. I can't even imagine what she like is like as a real estate agent, but I am a very professional person and I, ex- I expect the same of other people. And that certainly was quite frustrating. Um, I sure. saw <laughs>
2: Gina on but, vacation, um, and Cabo <laughs> We shared margaritas. <laughs> nice. She was actually very, very nice, more nicer than I would expect it. But she was almost, um, I wouldn't even know, I wouldn't say necessarily friendly, but she like talked a lot. Like no one could get in a word in. It was like a lot of story time, like reliving, you know, those moments in her life. And uh, she was nice, though. She was not rude. She was like, did like willing to take a picture, like no hesitation there. But she wasn't necessarily warm. I, I think she gets excited when she gets recognized
1: because I don't think it happens very often for her. So even at BravoCon, people are like, she was so sweet. I'm like, of course, she hasn't been on the show in 11 years.
3: Well, that's the thing that, like, I get to a point where I'm, I don't know. I get so frustrated because I just feel like they've all become monsters, there are a few that I'm actually real friends with, and I think that they're good people, and then they could separate themselves from the show. But I think in most cases that they have a very difficult time separating themselves from the fame and, you know, the glory that they get from the show, after, especially after, like, maybe two or three seasons. And I think um, it's sad, and I just think that that's why people get sour on the franchise and are kind of interested in moving on. Is it weird
1: being on a podcast or hosting a podcast about reality TV, discussing these people and their lives and then seeing them in real life? It, has anyone ever said anything about being on your podcast or being discussed on your podcast or does it come well, up well, at all?
3: Well, no, because I find that housewives live in a, in a parallel universe, most of them. And so they don't even know where to get a podcast, what a podcast <laughs> is and certainly don't listen to episodes. And so if I even ask them to to interview them, they're like, well, what is that? And now I think they're beginning to understand the power of it. And um, I don't know. Some of them are not so interesting to interview, I find. They're, like, not really open and certainly not, like, the surprising thing is a lot of them are not that funny. They, like, the joke, they don't really get the joke. I don't know. It's kind of, I feel like it's just we're at a weird time.
2: I feel like
3: that sums up Luann. Like, yeah, like, if I interviewed the and that's the other thing. There's so many, like, opportunities that now I'm like, I don't know. Would I even want to interview them? I used to just try so hard to interview them, but now I'm like, what are they going to actually say that's any different? Like, they're not cerebral in any way. They're not funny. Like, it's hard to find people that you think... Okay, well you might say something interesting. You know, the problem is my I've always come from this position where I say to them and I feel like I'm very kind to people. You know, this is an opportunity for you to be, become less of a one-dimensional person. You know, you can provide us some more insight into who you are in your life so that we understand the decisions that you have made that have been highlighted on the show. Right? So it's like giving you the chance for people to see you in a different way. And I don't know that people really see it that way or understand it that way or want to take the opportunity. But then sometimes you have the problem of the publicist of the network maybe doesn't understand the value of a podcast. That's the other really weird kind of vortex that I've been in for the last couple of years is like the viewers are so diehard podcast fans But then the networks don't understand the value. They still thought that, like, print media was the most important platform, (laughs) which is so dated. So it's just, it's such a weird, and that's, it's just hard to kind of explain this in, in, like, in world, unless you're in the world of, like, reality TV shows. Because if I explain this to my husband, he's like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about, nor do I care. But yeah, that's the kind of the problem is that I'm on a platform that's sort of like new media, I'm talking about shows that sort of have been on the air for 12 years with people that, you know, don't necessarily see the value in giving people a a perspective outside of what they see on television. It's just it's it's a very odd kind of space. So that's why I branched out more in the last two years to cover documentaries and docu-series because I realized that, well, first of all, that I'm very interested in things like that. But also, I think that viewers are hungry for things that are more interesting. People are curious and that, you know, you could watch 17 episodes of Real Housewives of, you know, Sheboygan, and it's <laughs> really all the kind of the same. And there, You know, I think that's why you see people who love shows on Netflix, like Cheer, because it really goes back to what I think shows on Bravo really what they wanted to do, which was kind of give people a window into a world that they don't know anything about.
1: I completely agree. I feel like on our Instagram, when I post something to our stories, like recently I posted, I'm starting the Aaron Hernandez docuseries, Mm -hmm. I was flooded with messages. What do you think of it? I thought this and like having healthy debates with people about it more so than some of the controversial things we posted about the housewives. So I do think there is this big shift in reality TV. But then there's that part of me that gets broken hearted because I loved the housewives. I remember OC starting. I mean, this was also at the time where the OC, the television show with Seth and, uh, you know, the Cohen family was at its peak Laguna Beach was kind of the first reality show for our genre where we saw people like not like us I mean they were different but you felt like you knew them because they were your age they were graduating high school and it's it's changed so much and there's a strong part of me that hopes we get back to what it used to be because it used to be really fun to watch and relate to it but also know that they were living a much more glamorous life than we probably would and it was fun to get a peek into it.
3: I think that it that it's too difficult because you can only sort of bottle that in somebody who's in the first season. Then they become too, you know, savvy. And I feel like a lot of Housewives almost perform like actresses now. In fact, I hear them say things like, well, I'm a character. You're not a character. People wanted to watch you because they were interested in peeling back the layers of your life. And I liked, you know, the first season of Orange County Housewives because it was like, for me my gosh, this woman has an insurance business that she runs out of her house, even though she makes it seem like she's got seven (laughs) employees. And then the girl that's sitting behind her is a recent divorcee. She's just trying to pay her bills. Her kids are a mess. She's
1: wearing express lingerie tops, like those lace lingerie tops that we all bought from express back then. I mean, the fashion in the first season, the lack of makeup artists, that was reality TV at its finest because the
3: homes were messy. They weren't
1: staged.
3: It was really real. But then Vicky's judging her because she and her friend Laurel are going to the Playboy Mansion with the (laughs) hopes of meeting someone wealthy. But then it turns out she meets somebody wealthy who is a fan of the show. And then all of a sudden her lifestyle supersedes the bosses. That's the stuff that's really interesting in Housewives at at its best.
2: I will say Lana this season and watching it to me felt had a lot more bits of that the earlier seasons of Housewives I think Portia and her relationship to me all of that seeing all of it to me felt very real and how she talked about it and wasn't hiding behind anything so I, I I feel like we see glimpses of it in certain franchises but it only works if everyone's kind of willing to go all in and actually be real and not be a character.
1: I agree. So speaking of OC, I mean, this is, I think, a franchise that had, has gone through a lot of peaks and valleys. And right now, I think we're at a, a lower point. I We will say we love Bronwyn. I think bringing her in was what the show needed. I think they need to get rid of some of the other older castmates that uh, have figured out the game and are playing it because we all see right through it. But the rumor is the contracts are coming out any day. What kind of shakeup do you think will happen?
3: Well, I think the problem is that they're, I mean, I think they're doing focus groups uh, right up until the end. It's a big decision for production to make because I think that they're probably at two forks in the road or a fork in the road. They're like, listen, we either just couch the show because it just it's on its last legs and there's not much more in it. Or we do a big overhaul. And if we do that, do we risk it being a total bomb and a waste of money? But I would say it's worth it if you drop the the people that have been on forever. Because number one, that's a big chunk of money. They make a lot of money. And also, I think what they forget sometimes about the viewers is that we grow tired of the same storyline. So, like, I understand Vicky's life. I got it on Tamara. Shannon's not that interesting anymore. It's really necessary to bring on new people because it sort of reflects what's going on in the rest of the the county and the country in the world today. So if you have somebody who is like Tamara, like her oldest is 40 and she's got kids that can't even air on the can't be on camera. And you're, they don't even have that gym. real. Well, they have the gym. But if they've got this whole other business that they spend most of their time on, but they can't talk about it because it's CBD, like, it's not working anymore. They need somebody who is married with children and raising them in the thick of it and navigating motherhood and friendships and maybe, you know, some sort of side business they have. That's more intriguing and more modern than somebody who you know, has been on the show for so long. So I think that's the fork in the road that they are at. Like, What do we do with that? So I can only guess. Um, I I would say that they're probably going to have to and likely will drop somebody who's been on the show for a very long time. I think it's like, it's financially a a better idea. And if you're going to put any life into the show, you have to swap them out with somebody who's fresh and sort of mirrors what the show originally is what their intent was. And if you go back and listen to my first episode or my episode with um, Alex Baskin and Doug um, Ross from evolution, it was like Orange County was different because it was supposed to be a show about women living in the suburbs. And so it's about women who are raising families in cul-de-sacs. And that's not what the show has become over the years. And they, you have women who have grandchildren who are, (laughs) trying to we're pretending that they have real friendships with women who have toddlers and it just doesn't make sense anymore so get rid of the older cast members
2: Today's <laughs> <And so, laughs>
3: <"Tles> amigas. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that their stories. Are, you know, I'm sure that maybe they're lovely people privately. I I don't know if that's you know. I don't think Vicky probably is a very nice person. Uh, but I think got to get rid of. First of all, totally get rid of her. And I'm sure that they probably would because she brings no value to the show at all. And I think that you know Tamara and Shannon's stories is like I think you know we're all kind of like we've heard it. We don't need to see anymore. I think they need fresh people. Um. I do know that, you know, listen, the bottom line is I live here. I pretty much know everybody because I have five kids. And people come to me and they tell me that they're auditioning for the show. So I have some idea about who is, you know, considered like in the final five. And all I can say is that the people that they were looking at seriously for spots are great. And I think that if they go with the ones that I love, that it would be a very new, fresh show. And I feel like as time goes on that I'm probably... I think I have a pretty good sense of what people want and what production's needs are. And I think that it's safe to say that they might make some swaps and it'll be a, a really fresh show. And you know what? If it doesn't work out, I think they're probably just going to put it to bed. People that they are looking at that I know... Oh, go ahead. ...are people who have families who are in the thick of it. And they are... Um, i think it goes back to that that the the fir- what the show began as which are people who live in suburbia and what that looks like because people want to know what are people in orange county what is their life like and i invariably if you ask someone from orange county do you watch the real housewives they'll, they'll say well maybe to laugh at it but it certainly is not somebody i know
1: that's so sad, because it used to be everyone could find someone that they knew. What advice I mean, because obviously, you, you know, the people that are being interviewed, what advice do you give them as they're navigating this process?
3: Well, if they join the show, I just I'm always like, listen, just remember, this is a job. They're not your friends. Never provide them with any information that's personal, because (laughs) I think
2: will come out.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I feel like there's some franchises, they're just really they play hard, they play dirty. And so, you know, just be very mindful that, you know, and, and also just be totally authentic in who you are. Be the same person you are, uh, you know, as you tape, as you are privately, because people will tell. People who know you in your life are going to go, that is not the person I know. And you risk, uh, you know, you might be on TV for one hour every week for, you know, 14 weeks, but then you have to live a life in town the rest of it. So be exactly who you are so that when you show up to school or to a birthday party that you can feel confident about what you've done. I
1: think that's such good advice because it's so easy to forget when you we watch these people on the show, they do have to go to soccer practice and they're going to be at the holiday recital at their children's school or grandchildren's for some of these women. But they do have to face the music of everyday life. They're not always going to be in this reality TV bubble. And I think that's why some of the women who have forced, very fake storylines, and we see it, it doesn't resonate well, because it's also something that we all know no one would ever really do in real life. Uh, You would never
3: treat your friends the way some of them do. Absolutely. And that's why it's important to get people that actually have real connections. Even if you take people who have never met before, it's important to to put people together that would have an authentic connection.
1: Yeah, I was hoping that when Megan King Edmund, since we talked about it earlier, when she came on for the one episode for Shannon's birthday, I felt like her and Bronwyn were going to click, off, click, and it seems like they did. And I know that Bronwyn has told us that she has nothing but wonderful things to say about Megan. But I think it would have been fun to watch those two become friends and Megan almost be a friend of last season. That would have been more exciting to me than Vicky attacking every single woman on the show except
3: for really except for Shannon and Tamara. I agree. Way more interesting. But they are friendly. The three of them? Bronwyn and Megan are friendly. Oh, yeah, they are friendly.
1: Oh, God. Well, maybe yeah. Megan will come back. I mean, it could be an interesting little shift if they brought somebody back that's been on. I really hope it's on Alexis or
3: Gretchen, though. I just they were I, never. I, I'm really confident in telling you I don't think that will ever happen again. <laughs> especially Gretchen that's not gonna happen
2: (laughs) she's like don't even worry
3: about
1: it Abby yeah (laughs) people who face tune their baby I'm like oh you cannot be on reality TV that's like babies don't need to be face tuned just just put her out there she's beautiful
2: Kate you've had so many amazing guests on your show was there anyone that you had on that you were a little hesitant in terms of how they present themselves on TV but pleasantly surprised you
3: Uh, I uh, John Goslin. I thought he would be a total jerk and I found him to be pretty interesting um seems like you're actually a pretty good dad and i think that you know some of these interviews that he does particularly the one he just did with dr oz you can kind of see that he was sort of handcuffed for a while to tell his story but i did feel like i got a sense of it when i interviewed him i i have to say the person that i really have liked the most that comes to mind is shangela the from rupaul's drag race and she was in a, a star is born yes um, Yeah, found her to be incredibly inspiring. Just first of all, it's nice to hear somebody say, this has not been an easy road. And I work my ass off. That was great to hear. Just a really great personal story coming from nothing building something substantial, really kind of explaining to people how mainstream drag queens have become. And, and, feeling like they're part of a shift in the way um, americans or people in the world look at drag queens and but still being humble about it i i just really enjoyed shangela the the you know as the the person and as the performer i just had tremendous respect after that interview and i really really liked shangela shangela
2: well, we can share that episode yeah. with everyone so that they can listen to it.
1: It's looking like we had John Goslin on there. I'll just, that's so funny. I just thinking about John Kate Plus 8 back when, again, like reality was just so different. It's sad how it, it split up their family. I'm sure they would have ended up that way regardless. But watching, I used to love watching them. Like, I, Colin was always my favorite of their kids. I just, I was obsessed with that show.
3: Yeah. And the, so they lived in Hershey and that's where I went to boarding school. So, um, sometimes the way to get the interviews is like, I have like a weird connection to somebody or I know of somebody, but I will say like, I really do hustle to get my guests. It's, I'm always flabbergasted by people who will reach out to me and say, you know, I just started a podcast. I have four episodes. Um, or, but the emails like from an assistant, like you should, I'm like, why do you have an assistant four episodes in? And I'm killing myself here. Like, no, what? It's weird. Uh, I wish we
1: had an assistant.
3: Or no, you don't because yeah. why? <laughs> that's absurd. Like, it just seems like someone doesn't really have the passion for it if they have farm it out to an assistant. I don't know.
1: Part of the fun too, I think, is and the hustle when you. Bronwyn was our first housewife that came on our show. We were so excited and afterwards we were on such a high and talking to people like you and other people with successful podcasts knowing that they also hustled. It's more fun. You really get the sense of achievement and success and I agree. I mean, I guess if we did have an assistant it wouldn't be as exciting to get some of these big names on the podcast and or just to even have the success of every time someone gives you a five-star review and leaves a nice comment, like, oh, like it matters to someone, you know, and that's, that's something you can't really put money, a money amount on.
3: And I would say also that to me, some of the greatest joy from doing this is just the collaborations, Um, not just the guests that I have on or the people that I review stuff, but the other people that I've met through the podcasting community, because You know, they're they're like-minded people, they're hardworking people, and they're really thoughtful, they're curious, they're the things that I enjoy in in the friends that I have, so, um, you know, uh, how else would I have met two women from Missouri who went (laughs) to journalism school together, and, like, uh, you know, it's great, it's like, now we know each other and we can collaborate, and, and, and I think that we can all help each other grow the market.
2: Absolutely. That's been one of our favorite things since doing this as a community. It is kind of like a small, big bubble in some ways, and you can really see the people who work hard and the people who don't, but it's it's a fun to kind of lift each other up and getting to collaborate and getting to talk to you and getting to talk to different people and seeing their perspective on things. It's fun, especially when our husbands get tired of hearing our Bravo theory, so it's nice Boy. to talk to someone else <laughs> who has the same yeah. interests. Yeah.
1: So you've talked a lot about sort of the shift in reality TV. And one thing that you say on your show quite a bit is the best part about reality TV is we're all watching it through our own lens. And we have different views and opinions on basically every scene. I'm always shocked on things that I think will be universally accepted one way, the number of people who strongly disagree with me.
0: Mm-hmm. Have you
1: ever on your show or just in talking with other people strongly disagreed with someone about a reality TV moment. And what was it?
3: Just recently I had a guy who is, um, pretty well known on Instagram and he is a podcaster and he reviews the bachelor and we had totally different opinions about the bachelor absolutely different he doesn't think that the girls that are on there have uh, any like they that they're only there for romance which is absurd <laughs> uh, i like i just couldn't have disagreed with him more but it's interesting like the feedback that i got because there were some women who were like what a jerk and then some people were like oh that was kind of fun um i think that sometimes what's most poignant to me is if the series, the topic's a little bit more serious like up at midnight, I've got a really interesting episode where I asked a girl to watch an HBO documentary on grief about a, a grief camp for kids over three days that have lost um, a parent. And so I had her review it, and she tells... As part of the documentary, they have these kids stand up and they and they ask them to introduce themselves and say, who's the person that you've lost? And so I asked her to do the same, and she tells everyone the story of how... Uh, on one day over the July 4th of weekend, she lost her husband, her her brother-in-law, and her father in a plane crash. Whoa. Ugh. And she was three months pregnant, and her sister was 40 weeks pregnant. So oh my three gosh. people on the plane died. And, how, and that was six years ago. And how she has coped with grief and her advice for other people. I mean, uh, I mean... I watch that with my looking through my own lens, like what the experiences that I've had losing friends or losing loved ones. But to lose three people on one day in a plane crash when you're pregnant and your sister's 40 weeks pregnant, like unbelievable. So I like stuff like that because... I think it reminds us all that we're all human and to have empathy for other people. And that maybe because someone hasn't had the same life experience that their pain is just as substantial as yours and that we should uh, be kind to one another.
2: That's one of the many reasons why I loved cheer. I felt like you got sense of sense of that with each of the cheerleader stories and seeing how their struggle. And it's not just this, frivolous sport where they're all just the popular kids and all of that. And just seeing how hard they all work for it. I, I felt like it humanized it way more than I would have anticipated it. And I was, uh, I like want to second season, but now I need to watch the show too.
3: Yeah, it was really interesting. And then the other part of the interview I had, um, my friend who's a neurologist review the Aaron Hernandez series. And so I'm looking through the lens of somebody who, you know, isn't necessarily like a huge football fan. So, uh, you know, some people are like Aaron Hernandez; they get wound up because they're a Patriots fan. I'm looking through the lens of, like, almost with a journalistic brain, like what transpired for the, you know, in his life for this to happen, and what is CTE. And then my friend is looking through the lens of his professional lens, like this is what it is, and this is how, it, whether or not you can heal it. So. I just think that that's why um, I really like try to find people from all different walks of life, because I think to have, you know, somebody who's a super fan all the time kind of takes away from the enjoyment of looking at a show for what it's worth, which is like a window into someone else's world.
1: That should be a bumper sticker somewhere. (laughs) That's uh, just amazing. And I think it's just such a great way when we, Think about just reality TV as we're evaluating some of this stuff. To keep in mind that these are humans and no one is perfect. And as much as we love discussing them and judging them, probably more than we should, because that's just sort of the nature of reality TV. Uh, yeah, there very much is a human aspect to it. So um, I definitely relate to that and appreciate you, you know, bringing that up. So kind of wrapping it up, one of the things that we always ask people is what their housewife tagline would be. But what I want to ask you first, before you say your tagline, you are very well known in OC. There's people reaching out to you that they're interviewing. I'm sure they've approached you. Would you
3: ever do a reality show? You mean like uh, I'm the subject of it? Um, no, like
1: let, you know, your life be yeah, be the star. Let it be your life, whether it be housewives or your own TV show, would you ever and the entertain the idea of you being the reality star?
3: Um, maybe if it was a show about me interviewing other people, but the problem that I have is that I have a husband who has like a big job and he's a private person. So he would not we're not one of these couples that like Like Bronwyn's husband is up for it, and he's like, they're very like minded that way. Like, he's up for a laugh, but my husband's like a real, like, just a serious, he's like a tech guy. And so, the idea of him being on TV and having cameras, I just think that that would be so foreign to him. Um, But I do think a show where maybe you could go behind the scenes, me interviewing people, and then see like parts of my life, yes, but. I just don't ever see myself as a housewife where it's like my husband and I are going to a dinner party and having to talk to, um, you know, Gina and her new boyfriend. <laughs> I just don't see that. But also, quite honestly, I don't think that I fit. The, I'm not the archetype of a housewife in terms of like what they cast for. I think they're casting people who are super extra, who are over the top. And maybe are not totally self-aware and are very, um, like, I get the sense that they're looking for people who are really into looks and stuff. Like, I don't know how interesting or how I would fit in. Like, I'm somebody who is in running clothes or preppy clothes. You know, I'm... Driving kids around, I'm. Um, I mean, there are aspects, yeah, that are funny, but like, can you imagine me at a dinner party? I'd just be like, you guys are assholes. Like, do <laughs> you know anything about it? Like, I'm, I'm, I think I'm a little bit too cerebral for it, maybe. I don't know, but
1: I, also, be, I have yeah. a goofy side. I'd watch. Oh, I watch. I like think that. I would watch you. I think because you'd be bringing up current events and they'd be like, uh, did you check out the sale at Barney's? Like, I just think it'd be real, a really interesting dynamic to see you kind of challenging these women.
3: Maybe. But I like, listen, I've lived here for a long time, but I will always be an East Coast girl. I am very East Coast. And so I'm different that way. Like, if someone were to tell me about the bags they have, I would ask them, like, what's the last book they read? I ask things of people when I meet them, like, where are you from? And where did you go to school? And what do you do? And who are you married to? And where did you meet? And what's the last great trip you took and tell me about your children and what are their, what are their names and where did you get the inspiration for their names? And sometimes people here take that as like, you're intrusive, which I think is very bizarre. Um, I think people here tend to be a little bit more like, let's just talk about things we have. And I want to talk about who you are. And I don't know if that translates well on TV for, especially for Real Housewives of Orange County.
1: Yeah, that's why Andy said that he's never entertained the idea of the Midwest. He tried to do Chicago twice, it didn't work and he's like at the end of the day, these are people that aren't that entertaining and he's like I mean that as the biggest compliment, but you know, <laughs> America isn't going to be thrilled that you rehabbed that you know beautiful hutch in your dining room from Goodwill they want to see that you spent 50 grand on it and you know there's a big flaw in it that you didn't expect and it's ruined your day so there's definitely a different dynamic with the different geographies in which people live in and uh, that's I think why we haven't seen a true Midwest show and why Salt Lake will be interesting even though they're not technically Midwest I think the personality um, is a little a little bit more favoring those of the Midwest, but yeah. so what would your tagline be?
3: I don't even know. I don't know. I, uh, I I I can't say honestly that I have ever thought about it that much because I did, I don't know. Um, I don't even <laughs> know what it would be about.
2: Like it, it took uh-oh. me a while to figure out mine, and I can even huh. remember mine. Abby, help me. With I remember it. yours because <laughs> I have
1: I have the weirds. Uh, like the world's oddest memory I will forget legitimately forget conversations I won't even be drinking I won't even remember talking to someone but I can remember exactly what somebody wore in their seventh grade class photo it's just it's a very odd memory but Vanessa I totally
3: relate to that too (laughs) I think I mine would be something like my hair is thick but my uterine wall is
2: thin I mean I just (laughs) I, I don't even know uh, I, That's. Amazing. I mean, on that note, like I don't yeah. I even know. But actually, I don't even
3: something. think I don't even think my uterine wall is thin. I think it's probably still pretty thick. I think I could, you know, squeeze another child out if if I were allowed to.
1: I do it. If I could do anything, this I make it sound like if I could do anything in this world, there's other things that I would do. But the idea of a big family for me has always been something that I have wanted and respect people who have huge families. But for me, it's more probably having three. Uh, People who have more than that, though, I have the biggest respect for. And I've also noticed that people who have large families, those moms can do, they must just be, you must just be wired with high energy because I feel like they can run on low energy for months. Like, oh, yeah, I don't remember the last time I got more than five hours of sleep. But they're up working out. They're doing crafts with their kids.
3: Yeah, I don't sleep a lot I probably sleep five hours like that's prob- but that's okay I don't really need a lot and I do I don't drink coffee um I never have had a cup of coffee in my life I just think it smells gross so I have to work out every day to stay awake. so I do use that time to catch up on shows while I'm working out um so that's like a time management thing too but yeah, I don't sleep a lot. I and mean, that's why I look like a haggard old woman. That's another reason the housewives of Orange County would never want me because that I'd show up, I'd show up with like yoga clothes on and a half pony. And they'd be like, "What the fuck is wrong with
2: you? <laughs> okay. It's like it's real. It's I would love to see as being a new mom with a 2-year-old one child, I would love to see more younger, well, I don't want to say younger moms, but like moms with younger children i I agree i agree i agree agree.
1: well kate let everyone know that's listening where can they find your podcast and where can they follow you what are the all all your different handles
3: so my show is called reality life with kate casey you can find it absolutely anywhere where you look for podcasts you can join the face group facebook group and deep dive reality shows anything in unscripted tv also books and podcasts too if you put in reality life with Kate Casey in the search button, you can find me on Twitter at, at Kate Casey. You can find me on Instagram at Kate Casey CA and I also of a Patreon page, P A T R E O N dot com backslash Kate Casey for bonus episodes.
1: Wonderful. Thank you so much, Kate. We loved talking with you.
3: I am very happy that I now have two new girlfriends. <laughs>
2: Thank you so much for listening. And if you want to continue to get exclusives from Real Moms of Bravo, please, please, please do not forget to subscribe. Give us a review while you're at it. We love them. We always share them to our stories. You can either leave us a rating, a five-star rating, or write a quick review. And if you want to be up to date on all the latest Housewives drama, are here to tell you all about it. So don't forget to follow us on Instagram too, at Real Moms of Bravo. And we will catch you soon.
0: You will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are BODY. Start your free trial at BODY.com. That's b o d dot